On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hi, Adam. Hi, how you doing? Welcome to Diddy TV. Thank you for having me here. This place is awesome. You know, it, it, I was sitting there listening to your music, and it, it's such a great mix of rock and soul and old country. It's so classic. It's, it's, I, I loved it. Well, I pretty much don't listen to anything. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm glad you like it. It's, uh, I, I mean, I guess mainly I just don't really listen to anything after 1980. Um, but that's not true. I listen to some, some of the newer stuff like, you know, Brandy Clark and Chris Stapleton and people like that. But still, every, everything that I really dig has, you know, has its home in roots music, you know. And you were born in New Hampshire, is yep, that right? Yep, Plymouth, New Hampshire. And uh, you grew up playing music. You played, started with piano? Yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up playing, I started playing piano when I was about four. Um, and uh, took lessons all through middle school and, and high school. Went to the New School for Jazz and Contemporary Arts program uh, in New York. Um, what did that do for school. you? Uh, it uh, showed me that I was never going to be good enough to be a jazz piano player. Um, but actually, I, it, I mean, it kicked kicked my butt pretty good. For I was only there for a year, but it was. I mean, I I got so much better in that one year of college just because, uh, you know. They're teaching you music theory and. Yeah, well, and to be honest with you, you know, I don't want to like burst any college bubbles, but like music school, it's, you you pretty much pay thirty grand a year for somebody to tell you to practice more. And so that's what you do. You show up and you just, you know, I practice probably two, three hours a day. So after a year, you're um, like, hey, I don't need to pay $30,000 yeah. to sit at home and practice. I, I already know it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You already know the stuff you need to work on when you go to school. It's just you're too young to be objective about it, I think. So you get there and they're like, yeah, you didn't learn this and you didn't learn that. All the stuff you didn't want to learn. Yeah, well, you need to learn it now. So that's pretty much how that When happened. did you pick up guitar? Um, I started playing guitar in high school. Um, honestly, just because my dad had one and. Um, and, uh, you know, so you were playing guitar all along as well. Kind of. Really. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I started playing like 15, 16, you know, when I realized that, y y you know, you couldn't get girls playing piano like you could with guitar. So, you know, it's just trying to know, guitar is a little sexier. Yeah. Well, piano. you know, it's, you know, like you're, you know, it's worked for Billy Joel. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's not doing too bad, but, um, but yeah, so I, I started playing, uh, guitar when I was 15 or 16 and just kind of, um, Stuck with it. It was never really a big thing for me um, until I really got into songwriting and and, um, and learning slide guitar and playing blues and trying to trying to sing blues. So after your one year in, in music school, you decided to form a band. Yeah. So what happened? So my brother moved to Baltimore after he left Berkeley College of Music, and um, he was living there. So what I, does he play? Um, he played bass, uh, and then in the band he played drums. Um, and then, 
so yeah, so I moved to Baltimore and started a band with him. Um, and we had a band for about nine or 10 years and we just kind of cut our teeth in Baltimore for a long time. And, um, what did you learn about performing? I I know that when you're in a band, you learn a lot, but playing at different bars and playing with different people and you're pretty disciplined about it. I was reading that you were young, but your band practiced every day. Well, that was our thing. We want, you know, we want, we wanted, we knew we were pretty good about being, you know, knowing how good we weren't. And so we, we put a schedule up on the fridge. Everybody had to practice at least, I think it was at least five hours a week. Every Monday, we rehearsed Monday through Thursday every week. Um, we all lived in the same house, put, you know, and we, we would rehearse. And Monday nights were show and tell. So you'd kind of, you know, show people what, you, what you've been working on all week and everything. It was, for a bunch of stoners, it was very, very, like, you know, disciplined for some reason we just wanted to get good and, and we knew that was the only way so. so who was the cook in the house the cook <laughs> uh my brother actually was the cook man there's gotta be one yeah yeah him and his girlfriend brandy lived with us too she cooked pretty pretty well and and uh we used to grill out a lot you know we had a nice little backyard back then and you were writing a lot a lot of music at the time yeah i was writing a lot of really bad songs um they slowly got better over time uh and me and my brother would write together and we were writing like kind of you know, Southern rock stuff, especially in the beginning. So it was like, you know, kind of, we wanted to be Skinner. We wanted to be the Almond Brothers, you know, that kind of stuff is what we were working on. So we were learning a lot of like old school blues stuff. You know, I was, when, as, when it came to singing and I really decided I needed to be a good singer after I listened to some recordings of me played back, um, it was really, you know, I just started delving into all the old blues guys like, you know, Bobby Bland and B.B. King, Freddie King, Stevie Wonder, you know, Donnie Hathaway, folks like that. A lot of people don't realize that it is just practice. You can yeah. be blessed with a fantastic voice, but to have that kind of soulful sound takes practice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, and it's different for different people. I mean, I'm not, you know, like, like I remember being on The Voice and meeting these 15, 16-year-old kids who could just... I did just... see you there, by the way. Oh, you, you did? on Blake's team. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was for a minute there. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember being out there and these you know, 15, 16-year-old kids that are just slaying it, you know, singing their butts off. So, yeah, there are some people out there that are just kind of naturally, it just comes out and they've got it. But, I mean, for me, personally, it wasn't like that. I mean, I sounded bad for a really long time and I worked really hard, you know, sitting there singing, recording, listening back, singing, recording, listening back, you know, trying to just... Um, you know, I mean, I just, I mean, you hear my talking voice, it's just awful nasally. So, well, you know, I and spent how, a long how does time. that passion, you know, come through in the music? It's yeah. Well, and, and I think, I think a big thing with singing too is, is people, you know, people like think, uh, you know, you only have one way of singing or whatever. And it's like, and especially like you can see today when I'm singing, when I'm singing soul songs, I sing them different than I sing country songs and other stuff like that. And I think a lot of people think that that's, um, you know, it's ingenuine and, you know, makes the song sound contrived, but it really doesn't. It's just about how much homework you've done. You know, don't sing a country song if you haven't learned, a, you know, if you haven't learned George Jones and Jamie Johnson and Willie Nelson. You know, don't sing a soul song if you haven't been listening to Bobby Bland and Al Green and Stevie Wonder and those people. So it's really it's just about doing your homework and, and using the right inflection. So how do you think, uh, what do you attribute your, the improvement in your writing, the improvement in the music and the lyrics? What was um, the like I, th- I mean, most of it, just like everything else, is practice. You know, uh, uh, songwriting's more of a crapshoot. I feel like you know, you'll you'll write, 
you just got to kind of write the bad ones so you can get to a good one. Um, I think more more you write, the less bad ones it takes to get to a good one. Um, and, and I don't think I really write any, like, bad songs. I guess I have the, the knowledge now that if I'm starting to go down that route, I just give up. But um, I think that, you know, for me, it's a combination of just staying at it for a long time. And then, honestly, when I moved to Nashville and started writing... Um, when did you move to Nashville? There about about six years ago, um, and when I'd moved there, I wasn't planning on being an artist or fronting a band or anything like that. I was just I wanted to I wanted to be in a band, you know, working, and I wanted to write songs and see if I could get some people to cut some of my songs, and um, you know, so just from working with all the people there, and I was really lucky when I first got to town, I kind of became friends with some of the best songwriters in Nashville. And, and at the time, they, were, they weren't very well known. They're all, like, you know, writing for great people right now. Um, but you when fronted I for, there, for a band, the Steel... The Steel Drivers. Steel Drivers, yep, right. Yep, um, And I, I learned a lot of their music, said, yeah. too. Uh, you know, and that's the other thing, too, just studying good songs is, is the best way to get to, you know, and stealing ideas. Everybody thinks, you know, like... Uh, a lot of my best songs I've written, I feel like, are ideas that I've gotten from other songs that I've just fleshed out in a different way. Well, Nashville's great for coordinating and working with other songwriters, too. Mm-hmm. And you learn a lot about the craft by working with other people. Very much so. And you, and you learn uh, writing with someone else. You know, there's a lot of times I've been in rooms writing with someone else where I've done, you know, done most of the, like, writing as far as, like, lyrically and stuff like that. And, um, but... It, it really is. It's just about the, the vibe you create with somebody else. So, you know, like, even if I end up doing the majority of a writing and a write and I'm writing with someone else, it's coming out. The end result is going to be different than if I just sat down and written with my, you know, by myself. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you can't, you can't put, uh, you know, you can't take that for granted when you're writing with other folks. So 2018 was a great year for you. You put out an EP, then you put out a full album in November, Gods and Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been great. It's uh, where did you record the album? Um, we did the Gods and Ghosts in Nashville. My buddy um, Scotty Murray uh, has a house um, that I used to hang out in forever. You know, like probably well four or five years ago, I used to go over there, hang out a lot, and party. There was a studio over there, um, and met a lot of like my songwriting friends and 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 musicians over there. And I always wanted to record there because it's just got the best vibe. And so Scotty's such a great musician and engineer and producer and all that good stuff. And um, just never really, you know, never really happened. And I didn't really have a reason to because I wasn't an artist for a long time. And then um, kind of after I'd done my EP, um, I, I just really, I really wanted to do something that was just straight up my best songs in, you know, no frills context with just a band and, and just record it, slap it on a CD. And that's kind of how we did that. Well, and for people who haven't heard it yet, which I highly recommend that they go out and get a copy. Me too. It's a it's a really a great combination of blues and soul and, and, and rock. I could put it on in my car and listen to it as I'm driving down the road. It's just really great music. Oh, thank you. It's uh, I think it's pretty eclectic. I'm, I mean, when you when you put all those different kinds of songs together, I think the most important part is, uh, you know, we use this, you know, having the same band. So like, we even though one song might be like a, you know, might be a three-quarter time country song, and the next one would be more of like a New Orleans-y, Little Feet sort of thing. 
you know, it's the same four musicians on all the songs. So I feel like that really ties it all together. And you can hear, you know, at the, I think by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, all right, I kind of get what the sound is of this, you know. I thought there was definitely a unified sound in, throughout the, uh, the, the songs. And Gods and Ghosts in particular, what was that about? That's the title song. but It's it, the title track. It's, um, it's a tune about uh, kind of how it came about is I saw it was the name of an episode of a show. And I remember seeing it being like, man, that's a, that's, that would be a great song title. I you know, go down in ages of being a great songwriter if I come up with something good, but this one. And, and um, so, you know, I, I was like, well, what would a song called Gods and Ghosts be about? And, you know, what do gods and ghosts have in common? And for me, I guess it was about, you know, when you, when, especially like men in our culture, you know, don't really express themselves. Even in the South, people keep their feelings pretty, you know, pretty cooped up, more so in the South, I feel like, than the North. And, uh, and so it's just about, you know, if you're not talk, you know, if you're not talking to your neighbor, or your friends or anything, who do you have to confide in? Who do you have to, to lean on for support? And so it's, you know, for me, gods and ghosts, is, you know, a lot of people like gods, like Jesus or whoever, you know, uh, and then ghosts is like, you know, people who, uh, you know, like that may have, may have been around, either died or aren't around anymore, people in your family. That's kind of the ghosts piece of it. Um, and those and, are the only people who really know you, right? And those are the, and you know sometimes there's pieces of yourself you're just not willing to share with 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 anybody that can hold you accountable. You know, the, it's only people you're willing to share those things. You know, everybody's got stuff they don't want anybody to know about. You know, but some some of that stuff you got to get off your chest. And so I think those those are the that's the outlet for a lot of people, especially you know folks that are grown up in families that are you know don't talk a whole lot. So was it cathartic writing the song, and were there other songs on the album that um, that you felt were expressions of things you you had gone through in your own life? Or um, yeah, I mean they're all it's a it's a very personal album. I didn't realize how personal it was until I put it out there, and everybody was like, "Dude, really gonna air that out there, huh?" And I was like, oh, "I didn't, you know, just didn't really think about it that way." And and I hate. Um, like, I, I don't want, self-serving songs are, like, the worst thing for me. So I don't want, you know, I hate songs like Make You Look Cool and stuff like that. Like, that's the least thing I'm trying to do when I write. So I guess that's why it ended up being so personal, because I just kind of pulled all the things about myself that I don't like and that aren't cool and tried to stick them, you know, stick them in songs. Um, and there, a lot of them are, can be cathartic, for sure. Um, uh, like Gods and Ghosts, for instance, has, you know... Um, it's it's pretty much first two verses are just about like me and my girlfriend and you know how I get all mad about stuff and I just kind of don't say anything and you know or I'll just go out back and you know smash a branch of a tree or something you know and she's like why don't you just talk about it and I'm like I don't know it never never really occurred to me you know um, and then the third verse uh, is about um, uh, about my brother who died about oh shoot about ten years ago. Um, and, and I don't talk about it much. And I don't think it's so much because, uh, you know, because I don't want to. It's mm -hmm. just kind of, I'm just one of those, like, kind of move on with your life sort of people. So, like, I'm not always trying to, you know, like, I'm, I, don't, I don't remember what day he died. I don't, like, celebrate his birthday or any of that stuff. Like, dude was around. He was around. Great. He's gone. He's gone. That's just how it is. It's, you know, it's just But life. those experiences are still part of 
who you are, who yeah. we all are. Yeah, and, you and, you know, and that, they but. deserve to be reflected on. That's mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm not saying they don't. It's just, just kind of how I am. And, you know, so that, that third verse is about how, you know, just because I'm not talking about them all the time and stuff doesn't mean I don't miss them and all that. It's just, right. you know, and, and sometimes, you know, honestly, when I'm thinking about my brother and, and, and you know, reflecting, it's when I want to be alone. Well, and what's amazing about music is, as an artist, you can touch other people mm-hmm. who've gone through similar things. Yeah, I'm I've sure. got I've gotten a lot of messages from folks mm-hmm. about that kind of thing, um, uh, from like especially about gods and ghosts, and um, <laughs> and as good as it gets, actually, really funnily, um, that's not a word, but I'm going to say it anyways. Uh, some guy hit me up on, on Instagram. I don't remember his name, but he hit me up and he's like, he's like, dude, this song is like my life. I was like, you just hang around your small town, getting drunk and playing cover songs. He's like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Good for you. You know what? There's plenty of you out there. So, you know, you can't feel bad about that. And a lot of them are having a lot of fun. Yeah. Hey, man. I'm, shoot. I mean, that's pretty much me half the time. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, you've got a lot going on. I, you know, I know that um, Pandora uh, so that you're one of the artists to watch. I know. I, I, that that's, was awesome. that's exciting. I, I mean, would prefer Pandora's people listen to me. I mean, I'm good looking and all, but you know, um, yeah, no, that's, it's been really great. I've had a lot of really great support. And, uh, you know, when I signed with average Joe's, I was pretty adamant about trying to stay away from that side of things. Um, you know, and really just push the songwriter side and, and, and this record. And, and thankfully they've been so supportive, um, in, pushing my vision of, you know, who I am and the kind of music I want to play and, and the folks I want to play for. And, and I know yeah. you have a lot more music that you've already written. Yeah, I've got lots of songs, man. I'm, I'm pushing them on everybody in Nashville. Anyone who, anyone who listen to them, yeah, I mean, it's... And I'm, you know, I'm always writing, too. You know, that's the thing. It's like it's, you just got to kind of always be doing it. And, um, you know, for me, a, a big... Uh, I'm always just trying to help people out and, and go over and write songs with them and, and um, you know, and, and just uh, just keep making music, you know. That's my job. Well, we thank you for stopping by Diddy TV today. Um, really enjoyed having you here, and we hope you come back. Yeah, thank you for having me. This place is awesome. I appreciate you guys. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renter's and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? 
Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.